0: the Project Zion podcast. This podcast explores the unique spiritual and theological gifts Community of Christ offers for today's world.
1: Hello and welcome to Project Zion podcast. This is your host, Robin Linkhart, and today we are doing another episode of our series, Chai Can't Even, where we chat with Millennials and Community of Christ and talk about life, faith, and why they choose to stay active in the church. Today we have Andy Larkins with us. Andy is a native of Colorado, and I have had the joy of knowing Andy since he was a very little boy. Hey, Andy, welcome.
2: Hey, Robin. It's good to see you again.
1: You too. Thanks for being with us. So, Andy, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you? Just kind of give us the basics on where you are in your life right now.
2: (laughs) That is a very interesting question. (laughs) So, I am recently married. Let's see, I'm a Colorado native, like Robin said. Born in Boulder, and I uh, live just outside of Longmont in the foothills. I have two dogs, uh, two puppies. Uh, one is a Leonberger who's five months old, and the other one is a hound who is 10 weeks old. So we're having all kinds of fun with puppies at the moment running around our farm.
1: <laughs> I guess so. All righty. so I happen to know, Andy, that you were born and raised in Community of Christ. So just kind of walk us through your childhood Youth, um what were your growing up years like? Did you attend camps that kind of thing?
2: yeah, so uh <clears throat> my family has uh, been community of Christ for a few generations <clears throat> on my dad's side uh his my dad's great grandparents uh were ordained into the church or uh, were members of the church, and um it's just kind of gone down uh, to me as well. (laughs) Uh, On my dad's side, both of my grandparents were members of the church, so that was nice to have that influence growing up from both sides. I have a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins that I spend a lot of time with, especially as a kid, so it was kind of nice to have that common bond through our whole family. Uh, I was baptized when I was eight years old in Fort Morgan Congregation, I attended the Fort Collins Congregation and Longmont, and uh, recently I spent a few years at the Loveland Congregation before moving back to Longmont area. So, uh, yeah, I've been in the church pretty much my whole life.
1: (laughs) So did you participate in the Community of Christ camping program as you were growing up?
2: Uh, Yes. Um, I mainly attended Camp Paradise up in Wheatland, Wyoming, I am a huge supporter of our camping program. It's, uh, it's a piece of our church that's very near and dear to me. I've actually spent the last uh, nine years on the Camp Paradise board, and the last couple years as the president of the board. And I did that because of my, my uh, youth and <clears throat> spending so much time at the campgrounds. just really is a special place. Um, I like to do weekend retreats. Um, I also like to do summer camps as an adult. Mm -hmm. My favorite age group for camps is middle school, uh, which a lot of people think I'm crazy for that, but I really like middle schoolers. Uh, High schoolers are a lot of fun too. I work in a school district, so I like to spend a lot of time around kids.
1: So Andy, when you were growing up, can you recall a particularly meaningful experience that you had in a camp as a youth?
2: So I remember one time um, my grandfather passed away in 1994 when I was 15 years old, and I remember being at a senior high camp and really feeling that loss quite a bit, and uh, Shirley Remengay from the Fort Collins Congregation took me aside and just kind of sat with me, and that meant the world to me. that and the friendships that I have, some of my closest friends are people that I met when I was at camps, um, <clears throat> and we're still friends to this day and live close together and see each other all the time, and it, it's a blessing to be part of each other's families.
1: Camping is such a special time, for sure. So it, as you were growing up as a kid, a child of youth, it sounds like you were in several different congregations along the Colorado Front range and out on the plains a bit. So how were you treated in congregational life? You talked about Shirley really being a kind of a mentoring, stabilizing presence for you at camp. Did you have uh, mentors in your congregations?
2: I've been really fortunate to have uh, mentors in many congregations. Um, Robin, you definitely were one of them while I was growing up, since you were my pastor when I was growing up. Other names from our congregation that come to mind are Betty Anderson and Roland Dunsing. Uh, Sandy Rickert was a big part Mm. of my growing up. Um, John and Dina Madden, as well as Rod and Becky Troyer, uh, really were um, kind of an extra set of parents for me when I was growing up. Uh, John did a lot of camps with us, and I spent a lot of time with his family. And that's part of those relationships I was talking about. The Troyers and I are still very close and uh spend a lot of time together. And I would not have known them if it wasn't for the church and the camping program. Mm-hmm. Our families uh our families go back a long ways. Our my parents were friends with them and we really kind of grew up all of their kids and my me and my siblings all grew up together and it just really formed a bond that just it's hard to explain it's it's a whole nother level of family that I really feel like I only get through community of Christ
1: Mm-hmm. so it sounds like you had lots of connections both in and outside of the congregation were there a lot of other kids in congregation when you were growing up you have a lot of siblings and cousins
2: yeah I have a lot of siblings and cousins and That's one place where I guess currently I feel maybe um, the church is lacking a little bit is because I do have these really strong connections with these people that I grew up with, but I don't feel like there's a whole lot of other people around my age um, that I can really interact with at church. Um, I really enjoy being able to be at church with people my age and, Mm-hmm. spending time with them and talk about things that we have in common because of our age.
1: Right, uh, exactly.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's sometimes kind of hard to not have that as much as I wish.
1: <laughs> so you were a kid in congregation. You had lots of camping experiences. Sounds like you had mentors along the way. And then it was uh time to graduate from high school and Tell us about your life once you kind of launched into the next chapters.
2: So after high school, uh, I went to Graceland University, um, but I only went for one semester because I just missed the mountains too much. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Being away from Colorado was not an easy thing for me to do. Um, So I came back home, um, attended Colorado State University for a while, and got married to a non-church member, which ended up being challenging and not quite the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And during that time, uh, I was ordained, which is something that really means a lot to me and is an obligation that I take very seriously. Um, And that, honestly, my calling... And the training I've got through the church, as well as training I got through Boy Scouts, I'm also an Eagle Scout. That together, I felt, really set me up for life. I've been in a lot of leadership positions through the workplace. Um, Currently, I'm a client service manager for a school district for the IT department. Uh, So I lead all of our field techs, and that training that I got, really made me fit into the jobs that I have.
1: So you've talked about the fact that you've continued to be involved in Community of Christ camping program as a young adult. And um, I'm assuming that a lot of those experiences as well have helped you in your work. Can you think of one or two specific experiences developing your leadership skills and community of Christ that has helped you in your career.
2: So one of the things that I really don't like to do, but I'm told I'm good at is preaching. (laughs) It takes me a long time to put together a sermon, but that specific task has really helped me, um, I guess, organize thoughts and be able to present information in other areas. Uh, So it's been kind of an interesting tie between preaching and writing reports and giving presentations at work.
1: That is wonderful. And I think a lot of young people growing up in Community of Christ, since we do tend to have smaller congregations and we believe in embracing the giftedness of all and that all are called, that kids at a young age mostly have a lot of regular opportunities to kind of uh, try their wings and be asked to do different things. And, of course, in uh, ordained ministry, as you say, you are often asked to preach, which is something we we really might not do in any other setting. And it it does. I I love the way you talk about it's not your favorite thing to do but you're told you're very good at it I would say yes you are very good at it but that it requires (laughs) that that discipline of you know being focused and getting information together and organizing it in a way that you can deliver in a meaningful um, way to people who are gathered on a Sunday morning that's a great example
2: (laughs) Uh, I should also say that as a kid um, I was very fortunate in Longmont to be part of the service on a regular basis. So, getting up and giving an invocation or collecting the offertory or doing the peace prayer, that really was kind of the baby steps that led up to the bigger duties like preaching. Or, uh, one of my favorite priesthood activities is serving communion. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really humbled at the opportunity to serve the Lord's Supper to my fellow peers.
1: Mm, that is a special experience to be sure. So Andy, what do you think some of the benefits of being engaged in a religious community offer a person navigating in today's world?
2: Well, for me, the answer is one of the words you just said, uh, community to have people who Maybe don't think exactly like I do, but I know have the same kind of foundation that I have. Uh, That's that's a big help. Um, When I'm out in the world and I know people think differently than I do, it's very centering to be able to come to church on Sunday and have people who are like-minded around me.
1: So what kind of conversations are you engaged in in the everyday world? What kind of topics come up?
2: Uh, Well, currently, um, standardized testing is a big topic. (laughs) Uh, Working for a school district's IT department, uh, on Monday, we start our CMAS testing for the whole district, Um, and part of my job is transporting computers in a truck from school to school so kids can test. Mm -hmm. So, uh, a lot of logistics involved with that, creating schedules of where computers will be and when, and... That's not something I normally talk about in church. (laughs) Uh, And sometimes, just all of the different opinions and different ideas, um, you know, there can be conflict on how to do things. And what we strive for is what's best for our students. But that really is left up to interpretation to the individual. Mm -hmm. So, uh, while the district has a mission and we all, um, do our best to conform to that mission, you know, there there is a lot of room for interpretation on what is best. And uh, like I said, with church, it's nice to go back and just have that kind of like-mindedness mm-hmm. uh, where at work, I may have differing viewpoints and uh, religion is such a taboo topic in the workplace, especially right. working for a public organization. But when it comes to my teams that I lead, both around the assessment logistics as well as our day-to-day operations i i try to take the servant approach and when i get frustrated i try very hard to remember jesus in the foot washing mm. and that is not always easy
1: <laughs> mm. so andy what keeps you active and involved with community of christ
2: Um, A sense of foundation, I think, is really, uh, I keep coming back to that word, but it really is a strong thing for me. Um, I guess if I'm being honest, I do have a sense of obligation as well, being ordained as a priest. Hmm. uh, There is a certain level of obligation that comes with that, and uh, as I said, I take that serious. So coming to church on Sunday and playing my part in the congregation is an important part of that and keeping that foundation together.
1: Do you have a role in the congregation? Um, your home congregation is Longmont currently. Do you have things that you do on a regular basis in connection with that congregation?
0: <clears throat>
2: so outside of technical support, <laughs> I, <laughs> really it's uh, showing up and uh, playing the role of member at the moment Mm -hmm. Um, i'm using i'm using my priesthood duties some but right now it's not quite as involved at it as it has been in the past which some of that is dictated by work like i said it's a pretty busy season Mm -hmm. with assessments and that's the really nice thing about our congregation is i can kind of come and go as my work needs me to Um, It's nice to have that flexibility and that understanding from people.
1: (laughs) I agree. There are definitely seasons of life, um, busy times in life, busy times of our year, depending on what our employment focus is. And I do think congregations, um, Longmont certainly included, make an effort to really understand what's going on in people's lives and to to move with that ebb and flow of busyness of everyday life and work. What do you think the hardest thing about being a millennial or a young adult and community of Christ is today?
2: Um, so I'm in that nice, fun little micro generation that's between uh, gen X and millennials.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think it goes back to what I said before that there just, isn't a whole lot of us. Um, mm-hmm. In the northern Colorado area, there's some of us, but we're pretty spread out, and it's kind of hard to get together. So it would be nice to be able to see each other a little bit better. Uh, I think another challenge that I personally have uh, is the work schedule. It's hard to take on bigger roles like being the pastor uh, when you're working 50, 60 hours a week. It just doesn't leave a whole lot of extra room. Uh, which is very unfortunate. I wish my grandfather was still alive because he had eight children and he worked horrible hours. He worked all the time, but he was still very active in church. And I would love to ask him how he did that.
1: (laughs) Isn't that the truth? When you're walking next to him, holding his hand um, day in and day out, when we're young, we don't think about how Do they manage to do all this and love us and take care <laughs> of us, too.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: well, I remember your grandfather, Jim, very well, and he certainly was dedicated to being engaged in the life of the church, and, and often on Sunday morning, he had worked all night, and he came into church and was fully present in a joyful way.
2: and i admire that because i don't know i could do the same thing (laughs)
1: seriously seriously i'm right with you on that for sure so andy you mentioned that you have several um church friends in your generation across um the front range up north out east here and there how do you all stay connected
2: well that's the problem is it's hard to stay connected uh (laughs) And I'm going to throw it out a little further because this is something that I think is unique to Community of Christ. Uh, I have friends all over the Front Range, but I also have friends across the world. Yeah. Um, last year, I was fortunate enough to go to Australia. And a friend of a friend of a friend met me at my hotel after I got off of my airplane in Sydney. Uh, Julian Archer. Uh, I'd yeah. never met him before. Um, but he came to my hotel and the first time I met him, I was getting into his car and he took me to church that morning, uh, which was one of the coolest experiences. I love visiting other congregations. Mm. I've stopped into congregations all across the country, um, as well as in, uh, Australia. Uh, <clears throat> I love to travel the world and I hope to see a lot more of our congregations across the world. Uh, but yeah, staying in touch with them really is a challenge. There's, there's Facebook, which is, has its ups and downs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but most of the time for me, it's, I don't talk to somebody for maybe several months, but it's really cool that because of the church, when I do see them again, it's like we never left. It just is such a special connection we have. Um, and along the lines of Julian and uh, meeting me at the, at the hotel, I also had an experience when I was 18 years old. I went to conference and getting back to your leadership questions, I was a delegate for our congregation when I went out there. Um, <clears throat> but a family in the Independence area just opened their home to me. They said, we've got an extra bedroom. And again, I'd never met them. And when I met them, they handed me a key to their house. I don't think you get that kind of relationship in other churches.
1: For sure. Blessings of community in community of Christ have this amazing connection. Like you say, anywhere in the world you can connect with someone that's a member of Community of Christ or someone fellowshipping with Community of Christ that has a deep connection. And it it's like within minutes, even someone you've never met before feels like family and certainly the relationships that we have established in the church, we can go sometimes years without seeing each other face to face. And when we come together, it's just like you said, it's just, it, it's like time and distance evaporate and we pick up right where we left off. So exciting. yeah,
2: it just doesn't matter. It And I really feel that's unique to our church.
1: I do too. Very, very unique. One of the challenges that, as you've said, is um, staying connected when we're separated by distance or by scheduling. What do you think the church can do to adapt to a changing world, changing technology, changing needs of new generations coming up? How can the church continue to adapt and to be present in ways that are meaningful and relevant.
2: So one thing that I have seen, I spent some time in Oklahoma and uh, after I left Oklahoma, they started an online church service, which is really a unique and really cool thing um, because I can be here in Colorado You might get a little puppy noise in the background. They just came inside. (laughs) But uh, I can be in Colorado and still fellowship and go to church with my friends in Oklahoma. And it's uh, the first Sunday of the month in the evening. And if you can hop online and join the video conference, that's great. And if not, well, we'll catch you next month. And it's just, I think that's a really cool use of technology to help keep people connected.
1: So you're part of community space. Is that what it's called?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't get to connect as much as I wish, but it's really cool when I do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. More and more online ministries are springing up and community space was part of a pioneering um, expression of ministry online. And they continue to grow and just really bring that viable presence. And like you said, it's on a Sunday evening. You might not make it every month, but that's fine. I mean, people jump on when they can.
2: And it's really cool seeing somebody from Canada joining as well. I mean, it's all (laughs) over the place. It's really cool.
1: (laughs) It is for sure. As the church continues to address emerging needs in the world, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges moving forward into the future as community of Christ?
2: Some of our biggest challenges really are uh, timing. Um, How do you balance that work life with the church life? How do you make time for both of them? Um, I would love to be more involved. Um, I know Gary Barnett would really love for Amber and I to take over as a pastorate together. Uh, But right now, it just isn't possible with our work schedules. So how does the church move from having more and more retired people in those positions to being able to have younger people in? Um, I know a lot of people who are retired would like to enjoy their retirement as opposed to continuing to run the congregation and deal with the challenges day to day. I'd like to pass it on to younger generations, but how do you figure out how to do that? I don't know, but I think it's a challenge. Um, And again, as I said earlier, I think uh, just the number of people my age and younger is kind of a challenge for the church as well.
1: Have you brainstormed with any others on different ways of being the church and what that might look like? I know you've talked about Oklahoma Community Space Online, ministry are there other things that have come up in conversations of just I wish the church would try this or what if maybe we had a meeting that was blank you <clears throat> fill in the blank
2: <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> so i i have talked with uh, some of my friends before on what if we had our own congregation that was our age uh, mainly and the biggest challenge we have with that idea is we like our congregations and we don't want to exclude ourselves from those congregations mm-hmm. but how do we gear content towards us at the same time so it's kind of a kind of a conundrum because we'd like to meet at least once a month or something and mm-hmm. we have we have a few times um <clears throat> about 7 or 8 of us uh, just get together and do our own little church service But it's not necessarily an ongoing um, scheduled thing. It's more of a, hey, what are you guys doing this week kind of thing.
1: What Um, does it look like when you've done that seven or eight folks your age getting together?
2: It's very different, um, which is funny because we all like the traditional methods that we do in our congregations. Uh, So I think the biggest difference, though, is we're a lot more informal. Mm-hmm. It really is, okay, so what song do you want to sing now? Or who wants to offer a prayer as opposed to having it scripted out? Mm-hmm. Uh, order of service is very go with the flow, which I think would drive some people crazy and other people would absolutely love.
1: <laughs> and how have you sensed the spirit in the midst of that? My guess is that there, it's a different way of being together, but my guess is the spirit still flows freely.
2: So it feels a lot more like a campfire at camp. And a campfire is probably when I feel the spirit the most. Uh, Either there when I'm up in the mountains, uh, that's also a very important place to me spiritually. But uh, campfires have their own unique spirituality that goes with them. And I don't think I'm in the minority by saying that.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: But yeah, these services, when we do get together, it really is like a campfire, and the Spirit just kind of naturally flows through us. I mean, like it says in the Bible, where one or more are gathered, He's there.
1: Yeah, for sure. We
2: we definitely feel that when we get together.
1: How long does your gathering usually last when you just kind of let it flow and go with it?
2: Uh, Well, the church part usually lasts about 45 minutes or so, um, but we could be together four or five hours (laughs) (laughs) kind of depends on how the night goes for everybody and, uh, how much we get talking.
1: (laughs) And I'm just guessing food enters the equation at some point.
2: Most of the time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, food is a very important part of, uh, of fellowship. Um, of, I'm going to say this without any way to back it up, but I've heard of studies that say uh, breaking bread together really
0: does
2: enhance the experience. So I wish I had something to back that up with. But I know for me, um, it is an interesting dynamic when food is involved, it, It's especially when it's food that our friends have made or... Uh, mm-hmm my wife is made or something. It just kind of has that personal touch to it, which again, it's very difficult to make food for a group of people when you're working or watching kids, um, mm-hmm. whatever your day-to-day duties are, but it it adds more of a special touch to it and more of a community sharing and kind of, I did this for you out of love.
1: Absolutely. And there are studies that show When human beings eat together around the table, there is a sense of lowering um, barriers between us of uh, an equity. There's a sense of equity that emerges when we're all eating around the same table. Um, People tend to relax more and it just is an opening of the human spirit to one another. Um, I think there is definitely a mystery of the spirit that lives in the breaking of bread together that we don't find any other way. Absolutely. (laughs) As we think about our youth today and younger young adults, how do you think we can best empower them to step into leadership roles and find value in community of Christ?
2: I think there's a few ways. Um, one way is some congregations are good at listening to needs and others aren't. Um, And sometimes it's just hard to be able to adapt to whatever the needs of the younger generation is, but thinking outside the box and finding new ways to accommodate things like child support. Um, I know one of my sister's challenges with coming to church is she's got three kids and they're uh, at least two of them are, pretty high energy kids. And she feels like when she comes to church, she spends most of her time down in the nursery and not actually enjoying church. And at that point, she kind of feels like it's pointless to go to church. She may as well just stay home with her kids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do we work, especially with smaller congregations, how do we work with that? Um, And again, the work schedule, how do we accommodate work schedules? Working Sunday mornings is becoming more and more popular. Well, maybe it isn't. Maybe it just feels that way. But Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: I know uh, we have a young family that only makes it to church, oh, maybe every five or six weeks because uh, her husband works most Sundays. So on his Sundays off, they'll come to church. But Mm -hmm. if we had church at different times, would that help accommodate for that? I don't know.
1: It sounds like asking a lot of different questions and listening are two things you've lifted up as being really important as we support young people today.
2: Yeah. Um, I think without listening and trying to not change for the sake of change, because I'm not a fan of changing just because it's different, but really listening to what people need and trying to accommodate um, the tradition that is important to a lot of people, myself included. um, But how do we incorporate that tradition with new ways of thinking so that we can attract and attract more people, but also support the people that we do have and Mm -hmm. allow them to attend more often.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does seem, well, you know, our paradigm of how the world lives together certainly changed. Um, Even in your short lifetime, there's been a lot of change, and certainly Sunday, the culture of Sunday in America has changed as less and less people are actively engaged with a religion. And uh, where it used to be, there was a hesitancy to schedule outside church activities on a Sunday morning. Now we see all kinds of things happening from area sports for kids to job requirements, all kinds of things that compete uh, with that Sunday window, and just opening ourselves to the possibility that church can happen anywhere and at any time, uh, not just on Sunday, any time of that day, but throughout the week. It certainly sounds like that has brought an added dimension of worshipful gathering into your life when you've chosen to meet with several, you know, young adults to spend some time with a worship focus, but then fellowshipping and being together for hours.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Andy, what gives you hope as we move out into the future together as a church?
2: One thing that really gives me hope is knowing that we are a worldwide family. We're a community of all different races and nations and colors and backgrounds, um, and that excites me. I really like being part of something that's that much bigger. It makes me feel like an ant in the anthill, but <laughs> at the same time, it's, it's a reassuring feeling.
1: <laughs> For sure. What, what are some of the most pressing issues of our day that, that you sense in your life? connected with that anthill
2: well i don't want to get into it too deep but the uh, current political state um and maybe not even the current but just politics in general worldwide politics Mm -hmm. there's always some group that's being discriminated against or oppressed there's always somebody who doesn't fit in um and just how do we work with that and how do we have different opinions, but still be able to support each other.
1: Mm -hmm. And is there something else that you would like to share today that I haven't asked you about?
2: I don't think so. I think you got it pretty well covered.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So tell us again, how many dogs you have?
2: Uh, Two at the moment. (laughs) Five months. and a half months old and ten weeks old.
1: Oh my! So we
2: have our hands full with puppies.
1: <laughs> so the five and a half months old is that the puppy you brought to church on Christmas?
2: It is. Yep. Yep. And
1: what's
2: her uh, uh, Her name is Dakota, and she's a Leonberger, which nobody's ever heard of Leonbergers.
1: <laughs> Seriously. But
2: they're, they're a mix of uh th- that breed is a mix of a uh, Great Pyrenees a Newfoundland, and a St. Bernard. So she'll be our little girl at about 110 pounds.
1: (laughs) Well, listeners, you heard it here first, the Leon (laughs) Berker. five and a half months old, and the other one's 10 weeks. Tell us about that puppy.
2: He is a hound dog mixed with lab, and uh, whenever I look at him, all I can think is, my name's Copper. I'm a hound dog. (laughs) So I watched a lot of his name is Copper because I watched a lot of Fox and the Hound as a kid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Andy, for being our guest today on project Zion podcast and making time in your evening after a long day at work. Thank you too, to all of our listeners. Please check out our other episodes on this particular series, Chai Can't Even, when we visit with millennials in Community of Christ and talk about life and faith and why they stay active in the church. We have lots of other series and topics, so check it out. This is your host, Robin Linkhart, and you are listening to Project Zion Podcast. Go out and make the world a better place. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Project Zion podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use, and while you are there, give us a 5-star rating. Project Zion podcast is sponsored by Latter-day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines.